Sir, I am pregnant. I want to eat a mango. Books Podcast, episode 155, Tipitaka, part 88, in which I will be reciting Sekia Dhamma 61 through 51, excuse me, through 80, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> we're going to finish Sekia Dhamma today. I recently learned, you've heard me mention before, and I think it's said in the uh, opening title, that we've been reading Sutta Vibhanga. I recently learned. I don't normally look ahead, but I just wanted to know how much was left of Sekiyadama, and I discovered that we're about to start a whole new section, the second of two sections that we will have uh, read, and it's Bhikkhunivabhanga. Bhikkhunivibhanga. I'll have to practice saying that a little bit. And uh, when I looked into it a little bit, I came to find out that this whole time, for the past like six months, we have been reading Mahavibhanga, which means Great Vibhanga, if I understand correctly. Um, so the, the rules you might have noticed are rules for monks. And when nuns are mentioned, it's only in, re, in, in their relationship with the monks. What I didn't realize until yesterday was that the rules for nuns are coming up next. In fact, this episode will be the last episode of the Mahavibhanga <clears throat> And the first episode in which I found out that this entire time we have been reading the Mahavibhanga, which is the first of the two parts of Sudavibhanga. There's something like 270-something rules for monks, but 330, if I remember correctly, for nuns. Starting with Parajika, the defeats, and then formal meeting, and all the same, the, the treason, high felony, felony, misdemeanor, and infraction, but for nuns. We're going to be reading rules for nuns for the next, I don't know how many months. So for those of you who've been kind of eh about Buddhist books saying, you know, let me know when he gets to basket two, you may want to tune in uh, if you're interested in rules for nuns. That's all we're going to be reading for a long time after today's episode. This is the last episode of Rules for Monks ever. So that's fun. Um, <clears throat> our special guest today, oh, by the way, <clears throat> if this is your first time seeing me, you may want to click here and start at the beginning of the Tipitaka, at the beginning of the Mahavibhanga, 
it turns out, uh, which actually starts out with a nice story that kind of sets up the reason for the rules. And there's a, a nice little exchange between Lord Buddha and a Brahmin at the very beginning of Tipitaka. So I recommend checking it out. Our special guest today, Kal Chakra, and his very special friend, Vishvamata, shown here demonstrating what you're not supposed to do in the very first rule of the very first book of the very oldest of the Buddhist scriptures. But uh, things are a little different in Vajrayana than they are in pre-sectarian early Buddhism. I'll just say that much for now. And we will eventually get there, except for every 10 episodes we read uh, the Padmasambhava recitals. But we're going we're gonna to stick to the oldest stuff for the people who really want to get a foundation of, you know, book knowledge of uh, the early teachings. This, you've come to the right place. If you're looking for enlightenment, turn this off right now and meditate. If you're looking for inspirational, uh, deep thoughts, turn this off right now. What we're reading is... Don't sneeze without covering your mouth, I mean your nose, with your hand. And don't wipe your hand on your robe after you sneeze on it, or Lord Buddha will look at you funny. That's what we're reading. So if that's what you're into, you've come to the right place. <clears throat> anyway, Kalchakra and Vishmamata are the principal deities originating in the Sanskrit text called Kalachakra Tantra. The text and meditational practices belong to the classification of non-dual Anuttara Yoga Tantra, practiced to a greater or lesser degree by all schools of Tibetan Buddhism. The concept of time is used as the special metaphor to symbolize the process of transformation from mundane existence to complete enlightenment. From among the numerous lineages to enter Tibet, the Rewa and Dro are the most famous. Thank you to Himalayan Art Resources. That's what I was just reading, it was from that. It's a website. Um, so yes, uh, these things developed outside in, in India, and then they went to Tibet. People brought them to Tibet, and mostly in the 8th and 9th centuries. And then uh, it was all destroyed by the Mughal emperors and other people who thought that Buddhism was competition for Islam for some reason. I don't know why they thought that back then. People shouldn't think that anymore. Um, with, uh, with any hope they don't, for the most part. I'm pretty sure that people don't think that way anymore. Comment below. No, don't. Or yeah, no. Whatever you want to do. Comment or don't. So, uh, a little more about Kalchakra at the end of the reading. I want to get to the reading before I do any more babbling. So, at one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Gosamba in Gosita's monastery. 
Now at that time, a milk drink had been prepared for the order by a certain Brahmin. The monks drank the milk, making a hissing sound. A certain monk who had formerly been an actor spoke thus, quote, It seems that this whole order is cooled, end quote. Those who were modest monks, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can this monk make a joke about the order? End quote. Three dots. I will be the first to admit I don't get the joke. Anyway, uh, quote, Is it true, as is said, that you, monk, made a joke about the order? End quote. Quote, it is true, Lord. End quote. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked him, saying, quote, How can you, foolish man, make a joke about the order? It is not, foolish man, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses, yet, end parentheses, pleased, three dots, quote, three dots. And having rebuked him, having given reasons talk, he addressed the monks, saying, quote, Monks, a joke should not be made about the Enlightened One, or Dhamma, or the Order. Okay, Elon. Just kidding. Oh, shoot, I made a joke, didn't I? Whoever should make, parentheses, one, end parentheses, there is an offense of wrongdoing. End quote. Oh, Elon made it parajika, so that's where you get kicked out. Then the Lord, having rebuked that monk in many a figure for his difficulty in maintaining himself, three dots, quote, three dots, and thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Quote within quotes, I will not eat making a hissing sound, end quote within quotes, is a training to be observed. One should not make a hissing sound. Three dots, if he is the first wrongdoer. Those three dots did a lot of heavy lifting this time around. To the point where I have no idea how the conversation shifted from the monk who used to be an actor uh, making a joke back to the hissing sound. And the rule turned out to be about the hissing sound. Ah, okay, they're both rules. Oh, okay, so two rules were made in uh, Sekia Dhamma 51. Sekia Dhamma 51, if anybody asks you, the 51st rule of etiquette is don't make jokes about the Buddha, the Dharma, or the order, and also don't make hissing sounds while drinking. Two things, one rule. All right, okay, all right. We learned something, did you learn something? If so, <clears throat> anyway. Three dots in Anattapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks, we all know them, ate licking the fingers. Hopefully their own fingers. All right, otherwise that would be a different rule. Three dots, quote, three dots, quote, then quotes, I will not eat licking the fingers, 
end quote within quotes, is a training to be observed, end quote. One should not eat licking the fingers, three dots, if he is the first wrongdoer. If he's ill, he can lick his fingers, right? Three dots, so that was 52. Next, three dots in Anatopindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks ate licking the bull. I've violated some of these rules within the past 24 hours, I must confess. Three dots, quote, three dots, quote within quotes, I will not eat licking the bowl. And quote within quotes is a training to be observed, end quote. One should not eat licking the bowl. Three dots. <clears throat> there is no offense if it is unintentional. Three dots. If he is ill, if from an insignificant remainder he eats having collected, having licked at one side, if there are accidents, if he is mad, if he is the first wrongdoer. So you can lick the bowl only if you eat an insignificant number and lick at one side. Hmm. Okay. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Three dots. See chapter 52, instead of licking the fingers, read licking the lips. Three dots. That's it. That's rule 54. It's exactly the same as 53, but, or 52, except for it's licking the lips. Hopefully your own lips. Otherwise, obviously that's a different rule. <clears throat> these guys right now at that time gender neutral guys obviously all inclusive not there there's a man and a woman here lots of arms but nothing weird I'm, I'm just kidding too much irony I don't know if I'm never mind now at that time the enlightened one the Lord was staying among the Baga on Sumsumara Hill in the Besakaja Grove in the Deer Park. Now at that time, the monks in the Kokanada Palace accepted a drinking cup, their hands, parentheses, soiled, and parentheses, with food. People, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can these recluses, sons of the Sakyans, accept a drinking cup, their hands, parentheses, soiled, and parentheses, with food, like householders who enjoy pleasures of the senses? End quote. Sidebar. This isn't part of the text. This is just me reflecting. Um... For those of you who maybe at one time has accepted a, a, a cup with some food on your hand, how much pleasure of the senses would you say that you got out of the experience on a scale from something naughty to the most naughty thing? Never mind. Just food for thought, but not on your hands. Never mind. People, three dots, spread it about saying, yes, we read that already. Monks heard these people who, three dots, spread it about. Those who were modest monks, three dots, spread it about. 
saying, quote, how can these monks accept a drinking cup, their hands, parentheses, soiled, end parentheses, with food? End quote. Three dots. Quote, is it true, as is said, that you monks accepted a drinking cup, your hands, parentheses, soiled, end parentheses, with food? End quote. Quote, it is true, Lord, end quote, sidebar. I just find it amusing that the uh, that in the original text, based on the parentheses, it said their hands with food, and that the, the British Polytext Society. <laughs> Thank you, Polytext Society, decided to add the word soiled. Just, you know, food for thought. Just a little bit of, you know... Never mind. Um, the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, How can you foolish men accept a drinking cup? Your hands, parentheses, soiled, and parentheses, with food. It is not foolish men for pleasing those who are not, parentheses, yet, and parentheses, pleased, three dots, four dots, actually, full disclosure. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Quote and quotes, I will not accept a drinking cup, my hands, parentheses, soiled, and parentheses, with food. And quote and quotes is a training to be observed. End quote. One should not accept a drinking cup, the hands, parentheses, soiled, and parentheses, with food. Whoever, out of disrespect, accepts a drinking cup, the hands, parentheses, soiled, and parentheses, with food, there is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if it is unintentional, if he is not thinking, if he does not know, if he is ill, if he accepts it thinking, quote within quotes, I will wash, and quote within quotes, or quote within quotes, I will, parentheses, I will get, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, to wash, parentheses, my hand, and parentheses, and quote within quotes. Or if, uh, if there are accidents, if he is mad, if he is the first wrongdoer. So that was 55. At that time, the enlightened one, the Lord, was staying among the Baga on Sumsumara Hill in the Besakaja Grove in the Deer Park. Now, at that time, monks in the Kokanda Palace, Kokanada Palace, threw out amidst the houses rinsings of the bowls with lumps of boiled rice. People, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can these recluses, sons of the Sakyans, throw out amidst the houses rinsings of the bowls with lumps of boiled rice, like householders who enjoy pleasures of the senses? End quote. Monks heard three dots, Parentheses, as in chapter 55, three dots, quote, three dots, should be set forth, quote, and quotes, I will not throw out amidst the houses rinsings of the bulls with lumps of boiled rice, end quote, and quotes, is a training 
to be observed, end quote. One should not throw out amidst the houses rinsings of the bowl with lumps of rice. Whoever out of disrespect throws out amidst the houses rinsings of the bowl with lumps of boiled rice, there is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if it is unintentional, if he is not thinking, if he does not know, if he is ill, if he throws them out having removed or broken up or covered up or taken out, if there are accidents, if he is mad, if he is the first wrongdoer. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses with a sunshade in the hand. Those who were modest monks, three dots spread it about, saying, quote, how can this group of six monks Teach Dharma to parentheses someone and parentheses with a sunshade in his hand. End quote. Three dots. Quote. Is it true that you monks taught Dharma to parentheses someone and parentheses with a sunshade in his hand? Should conjugate the. Uh, end quote. Quote, it is true, Lord. End quote. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, How can you foolish men teach Dhamma to, parentheses, someone, with a sunshade in his hand? May, the person they're, talk, they're teaching has a sunshade in his hand? They keep saying, how can you teach to someone who has a sunshade in his hand? Who has the sunshade in their hand? Comment below. Um, it is not foolish men for pleasing those who are not parentheses yet close parentheses. Please, three dots. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Quote within quotes. I will not teach Dharma to parentheses someone and parentheses with a sunshade in his hand. And quote within quotes is a training to be observed. End quote. I think it's pretty clear or it's a consistent error. So, unless it's a consistent error, it's clear that it's saying, do not teach the Dharma to a person when that person you want to teach has a sunshade in their hand. If they want to learn the Buddha's Dharma, they've got to get a sunburn. Okay, follow-up question. Why is that? Maybe a sunshade was considered like decadent or something back then. I don't know. Sit under a tree. All right. And thus this rule of training for monks came to be laid down by the Lord. At that time, monks were, parentheses, two parentheses, and parentheses, scrupulous to teach Dharma to, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, who was ill, Parentheses and and parentheses had a sunshade in his hand. People, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can these recluses, sons of the Sakyans, not teach Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses who is ill, parentheses and and parentheses has a sunshade in his hand? 
End quote. Monks heard these people, who, three dots, spread about. Then these monks told this matter to the Lord. Then the Lord, on this occasion, in this connection, having, having given reason to talk, addressed the monks, saying, quote, I allow you, monks, to teach Dharma to parentheses someone and parentheses who is ill, parentheses and, and parentheses, has a sunshade in his hand. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Quote within quotes, I will not teach Dharma to parentheses someone in parentheses who is not ill parentheses and in parentheses who has a sunshade in his hand. End quote within quotes is a training to be observed. End quote. Sunshade means. There are three parentheses kinds of end parentheses sunshade. White sunshade. Sunshade of matting, sunshade of leaves, fastened in the middle, fastened to a rim. Dhamma means spoken by the enlightened one, spoken by disciples, spoken by seers, spoken by devatas, connected with the goal. Connected with Dhamma. Dhamma means connected with Dhamma. Now you know. Should teach means if he teaches by line, for every line there is an offense of wrongdoing. That was already a rule, though, for anybody, regardless of whether they have a sunshade in their hand while not being ill. I'm paying attention. See, that's the thing. If he teaches by syllable, for every syllable there is an offense of wrongdoing. You're not supposed to teach by line. You're not supposed to teach by syllable to anyone who's not a monk. Or none? I don't know. We'll get to those rules. Dhamma should, be, should not be taught to parentheses someone and parentheses who has a sunshade in his hand, parentheses and, and parentheses who is not ill. Whoever, out of disrespect, teaches Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses who has a sunshade in his hand, parentheses and, and parentheses who is not ill, there is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if it is unintentional, if he is not thinking, if he does not know, if he is ill, if there are accidents, if he is mad, if he is the first Thus concludes Sekia Dhamma 57. We're going all the way to 70. You can see the timestamp, so you probably know better than I how long this will be. Three dots in Anattapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses with a staff in his hand. Three dots, quote, three dots, quote within quotes, I will not teach Dhamma to parentheses someone in parentheses who is not ill, parentheses and, and parentheses, who has a staff in his hand. End quote within quotes is a training to be observed, end quote. Staff means, parentheses, the size of, and parentheses, four hands of a man of average height. Bigger than that, it is not a staff. Smaller, it is not 
a staff. Well, all right. Hmm. Dharma should not be taught to parentheses someone and parentheses who has a staff of that exact size and parentheses and and parentheses who is not ill. Whoever out of disrespect teaches Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses who has a staff in his hand parentheses and and parentheses who is not ill. There is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if it is unintentional. Three dots if he is the first wrongdoer. Again, why though? And I, I guess a walking stick would be different than a staff. Maybe it's a 6th century B.C. Bihar thing. Hmm. Three dots in Anattapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses with a knife in his hand. All right. All right. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, what if he's threatening you, though, and saying, teach me the Dhamma or else? Is that an exception to the rule? Let's find out. Three dots, quote, three dots. Quote, then quotes, I will not teach Dhamma to parentheses, someone in parentheses, who has a knife in his hand. Presumably, Manjushri put his sword down when, no. Well, that's Vajrayana. The rules don't apply. Parentheses and, and parentheses, who is not ill. And, quote within quotes, is a training to be observed. Knife means a weapon, single-edged or double-edged. I think swords count. Dhamma should not be taught to, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, who has a knife in his hand. Parentheses and, and parentheses, who is not ill. <laughs> okay. If he's ill, what if he's mad and has a knife? Can you teach him the Dhamma then? Three dots, if he is the first wrongdoer. Oh, what? Hmm. All right. They just wanted to be done with that one. They're like, yeah, okay. Three dots, in Anatabindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to, parentheses, someone, end parentheses, with a weapon in his hand. Other than a knife, I presume. Three dots, quote, three dots. Maybe the staff is a kind of weapon in that context. Four hands. That's like a club, right? Like the police carry in U.S. Ouch, Mac, that hurt. Here they carry a bamboo stick. They beat people if they go outside without their mask on during COVID. It's fun. Um, yes, where were we? A weapon in his hand, three dots, quote, three dots, quote within quotes, I will not teach Dharma to parentheses someone, end parentheses, who has a weapon in his hand, end parentheses, I mean, open parentheses, and end parentheses, who is not ill. Okay, you can teach to sick people with weapons. End quote within quotes, is a training to be observed, end quote. Weapon means a longbow or a crossbow. Oh, okay. So not just, not a mace. Maybe they didn't have those back then, right? Dhamma should not be taught to parentheses someone and parentheses who has a weapon in his hand, parentheses and, and parentheses who is not ill, three dots, if he is the first wrongdoer. The sixth division, that on hissing, is what we just finished. 
But I'm going to keep reading because I really want to get to those nun rules in the next episode. So we're going to finish with the Mahavibhanga today, even if this episode runs a little longer. And then, all right. Rule 61. Three dots in an Atapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, wearing shoes. Three dots, quote, three dots, quote within quotes, I will not teach Dhamma to, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, wearing shoes. Parentheses and, and parentheses, who is not ill. And quote within quotes as a training to be observed, three dots. Dhamma should not be taught to parentheses someone and parentheses wearing shoes. Parentheses and and parentheses who is not ill. Whoever out of disrespect teaches Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses mounted on parentheses shoes and parentheses or parentheses with shoes and parentheses fastened on or mounted on or parentheses with shoes and parentheses unfastened, parentheses and and parentheses who is not ill, there is an offense of wrongdoing. I know it'll take extra time, but I just want to see what that sounds like with and without the parentheses. So here it is, omitting the words that were added by the Polytext Society to the translation. Dhamma should not be taught to wearing shoes who is not ill. Whoever out of disrespect teaches Dhamma to mounted on or fastened on or unfastened who is not ill, there is an offensive wrongdoing. All right, that's enough. All right, moving along. There is no offense if it is unintentional. Three dots if he is the first wrongdoer. Now, rule 62. Three dots in an Atapindika's monastery. Three dots. See chapter 61. Instead of wearing shoes, read wearing sandals. End parentheses, three dots. That's the end of rule 62. Now rule 63. Three dots in an Atapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses in a vehicle. Aren't we all in a vehicle when it comes right down to it? Just kidding. Three dots, quote, three dots, quote within quotes. I will not teach Dharma to parentheses, someone in parentheses, in a vehicle. So that whole thing with Krishna and Arjuna, different religion. You're allowed to teach the Bhagavad Gita in a vehicle, but not Buddhism in pre-sectarian early Buddhism. All right. It's, it's a minor infraction, right? I will not teach Dhamma to someone in a vehicle who is not ill. Is a training to be observed. Vehicle means a cart, a carriage, a wagon, a chariot, a palanquin, a sedan chair. Okay, okay. What's a palanquin? Uh, omits the last two and which omits the last one? Okay, that didn't help. Dhamma should not be taught to, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, in a vehicle, parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill. If I were around back then, I would wait until I was ill, and then I would get in a vehicle and say, monk, please teach me the Dhamma. And I would carry a, a dagger in a vehicle while sneezing, not on my hand, never mind. Because if you're ill, 
You can basically do half of everything. If you're mad, you can do everything. And you're still a monk, and you didn't even do a wrongdoing. You're like, hey, I'm a madman. You knew I was mad when you initiated me, Lord. All right. Three dots in an Atsapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to, parentheses, someone in parentheses, on a bed. Three dots, quote, three dots, quote within quotes, I will not teach Dhamma to, parentheses, someone in parentheses, on a bed, and who is not ill. And quote within quotes, is a training to be observed. End quote. Dhamma should not be taught to parentheses someone and parentheses on a bed, parentheses and, and parentheses who is not ill. Whoever, out of disrespect, teaches Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses on a bed, and even lying on the ground, parentheses and, and parentheses who is not ill, there is an offense of wrong. There is no offense if it is unintentional. Three dots if he is the first wrongdoer. That was rule 64. We're almost to 70. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses who was sitting down lolling. Lolling? Like lollygagging? Is that the origin of lollygagging? Maybe. Uh, lolling, lo let's say lolling, because my dad used to always sit, you know, he was against lollygagging. But that might just be the kid who grew up in the 40s version of a previous word, which was lolling. I'm going to assume that's the case. Three dots, quote, three dots. No one says that anymore, just so you know. Um, you know, people who are learning English. Quote within quotes, I will not teach Dhamma to parentheses someone in parentheses who is sitting down lolling, parentheses and, and parentheses, who is not ill, end quote within quotes, is a training to be observed, end quote. Dhamma should not be taught to, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, sitting down, lolling, parentheses and, and parentheses, who is not ill. Whoever out of disrespect teaches Dhamma to, parentheses, someone, and parentheses, who is sitting down, lolling, on his hands, or lolling on his robes, parentheses and, and parentheses, who is not ill, there is an offensive wrongdoing. What's the difference between sitting to listen to the Dhamma and sitting lolling? Comment below. Inquiring minds want to know. That's a reference to something you've likely never heard of. The Inquirer. It's an old magazine. Back before there was like fake news everywhere, there was just like a designated place for fake news. It was called the Inquirer or Weekly World News for like totally bonkers, ridiculous, like an alien popped out of my frog's head. And by the way, the frog was me and I am, you know, Elvis. There is no offense if it is unintentional. Three dots if he is the first wrongdoer. That was 65. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to parentheses, someone, and parentheses, with a turban on his head. I'm, I'm really sorry, Guru Nanak, but, uh, you know, rules are rules. So, you gotta either take it off or I can't teach you Buddhism. 
Three dots, quote, three dots, showing some solidarity with Guru Nanak. I'm sorry that you couldn't learn about Buddhism, but I'm wearing a kata while I learn about it. So it's almost the same, right? I mean, Guru Govind Singh, Guru Nanak. Never mind. <clears throat> quote, within quotes, I will not teach Dhamma to parentheses someone in parentheses with a turban on his head. Parentheses and end parentheses who is not ill. And quote within quotes is a training to be observed. End quote. Now we know why they burned down Nalanda. No, that's probably not the specific reason. Turban on the head means it is a turban when it does not let the ends of the hair be seen. You have to have your hair showing if you want to learn pre-sectarian early Buddhism in 6th century BC Bihar. That's the rule for you time-traveling Buddhists. Um, Dhamma should not be taught to, parentheses, someone in parentheses, with a turban on his head, parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill. Add that to the list of all the things I'm going to do simultaneously when I am ill in pre-sectarian early Buddhist 6th century BCE Bihar. I'll have a knife, a turban, I'll be in a vehicle, and in a bed, a bed in a vehicle, Turban on the head. Yeah, no, we did that already. Whoever out of disrespect teaches Dhamma to, parentheses, someone, in parentheses, with a turban on his head, parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill, there is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if it is unintentional, if he is not thinking, if he does not know, if he is ill, if he shows the ends of his hair, having caused them to be uncovered, if there are accidents... If he is mad, if he is the first wrongdoer. Okay. Three dots in Anathapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses with his head muffled up. And quote within quotes, three dots, quote, three dots, quote within quotes. Oh, that's not a... Oh, after muffled up was a little one, a little footnote. All right. And the footnote says CF number 22. Thanks. Thanks, Polytech Society. I really appreciate that footnote. Okay. <clears throat> Quote within quotes. I will not teach Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses with his head muffled up, parentheses and and parentheses who is not ill, and quote within quotes is a training to be observed, end quote. Head muffled up means, I'm glad they're going to clarify because I was wondering, I assume it has something to do with the hair, but if that's the case, even in the translation, why wouldn't you say hair muffled up? Head muffled up? I mean, that's like a, a horrifying thing to visualize. Head muffled up means it is so-called if he is dressed including his head in his upper robe. Oh, it's the Beavis thing. Right, okay. Dhamma should not be taught to, parentheses, someone in parentheses, with his head muffled up, parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill. Whoever out of disrespect should teach Dhamma to, parentheses, someone in parentheses, with his head muffled up, parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill. There is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if it is unintentional. He is not thinking if he does not know, if he is ill, if he shows the head, having caused it to be uncovered, if he is mad, if he is the first wrongdoer. 
That was number 67. Three more to go. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks, having sat down on the ground, taught Dharma to parentheses someone and parentheses sitting on a seat. Three dots, quote, three dots, parentheses, I mean rather, quote within quotes, Having sat down on the ground, I will not teach Dhamma to parentheses, someone in parentheses, sitting on a seat, parentheses, and in parentheses, who is not ill, end quote within quotes, is a training to be observed, end quote. Having sat down on the ground, Dhamma should not be taught to parentheses, someone in parentheses, sitting on a seat, parentheses, and in parentheses, who is not ill, whoever out of disrespect Having sat down on the ground teaches Dhamma to parentheses, someone in parentheses, sitting on a seat, parentheses, and in parentheses, who is not ill, there is an offense of wrongdoing. That was 68. Okay, three dots in Anattapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks, having sat down on a low seat, Taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses sitting on a high seat. Those who were modest monks three dots spread it about saying, quote, How can this group of six monks three dots teach Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses sitting on a high seat? End quote. Three dots. Quote, is it true, as is said, that you monks three dots Taught Dhamma to parentheses someone sitting on a high seat? End quote, quote, it is true, Lord. End quote. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, How can you, foolish men, four dots, teach Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses sitting on a high seat? It is not foolish men for pleasing those who are not parentheses yet and parentheses please three dots and quote and having rebuked them having given reason to talk he addressed the monks saying quote formerly monks in Benares the wife of a certain low class man came to be pregnant then monks this low class woman spoke thus to this low class man Quote in quotes, Sir, I am pregnant. I want to eat a mango. End quote within quotes. Quote within quotes, there are no mangoes. It is not the mango season. End quote within quotes, he said. Now, at that time, the king had a mango tree with a perpetual crop of fruit. Then, monks, that low-class man approached that mango tree. Having approached, he climbed up that mango tree. He remained hidden. Then, monks, the king, together with the Brahmin priest, approached that mango tree. Having approached, having sat down on a high seat, he heard a mantra. Then, monks, it occurred to that low-class man, quote within quotes, how unrighteous is this king? Inasmuch as he learns a mantra, having sat down on a high seat, 
This Brahmin also is unrighteous inasmuch as he having sat on a low seat teaches a mantra to parentheses someone and parentheses sitting on a high seat. I too am unrighteous. I who for the sake of a woman steal the king's mangoes. But all this is quite gone. And quote within quotes parentheses and and parentheses he fell down just there. Neither knows the goal, neither sees Dhamma, neither he who teaches the mantra, nor he who learns according to what is not the rule. My fool is pu my food is pure kanji of rice flavored with meat. I do not therefore fare on Dhamma. Dhamma praised by the noble, Brahman, shame on that gain of wealth, parentheses that and parentheses gain of fame, that conduct parentheses leads and parentheses to falling away, or to walking by what is not the rule. Go forth, great Brahman, for other creatures boil. Do not you, following what is not the rule from that Break like a pot. What just happened? At that time, monks, to teach a mantra, having sat down on a low seat, two parentheses, someone in parentheses, sitting on a high seat, was not liked by me. So, however could it now be not liked to teach Dhamma? Having sat down on a low seat... Two parentheses, someone in parentheses, sitting on a high seat. It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses yet, and parentheses pleased. Three dots. And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Quote, quotes. I will not teach Dhamma, having sat down on a low seat, two parentheses, someone, and parentheses, sitting on a high seat, parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill, and quote, and quotes, is a training to be observed, end quote. Nice of him to throw that little story in there to, like, wake people up. I was starting to fall asleep. Dhamma should not be taught having sat down on a low seat to parentheses someone and parentheses sitting on a high seat parentheses and and parentheses who is not ill people are like pregnant what what's happening uh mangoes uh okay don't teach to low seat high seat all right got it whoever out of there's a poem too whoever out of disrespect having sat down on a low seat teaches dhamma to someone sitting on a high seat Parentheses and, and parentheses, who is not ill, there is an offense of wrongdoing. It's a very low infraction. There is no offense if it is unintentional, three dots, if he is the first wrongdoer. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. There's ten more than I realized. All right. 
Three dots in an Atapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks standing taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses who was sitting down. Three dots, quote, three dots. Quote within quotes. I will not teach Dhamma standing to parentheses someone and parentheses who is sitting down, parentheses and, and parentheses who is not ill. And quote within quotes is a training to be observed, end quotes. Dhamma should not be taught standing, two parentheses, someone, and parentheses, who is sitting down, parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill. Three dots, see chapter 69, three dots, if he is the first wrongdoer. In those three dots, uh, please clarify, uh, Rule 69 had like a poem and a guy whose wife wanted mangoes climbing a mango tree. Does all of that go in the three dots, Polytech Society? Please comment below. Okay. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks going behind taught Dhamma to parentheses someone and parentheses going in front. Three dots, quote, three dots, quote, within quotes, I will not teach Dhamma going behind to parentheses someone and parentheses going in front. Parentheses and and parentheses who is not ill. And quote within quotes is a training to be observed, end quote. Dhamma should not be taught going behind three dots if he is the first wrongdoer. Pali is basically Sanskrit without R, it seems. Tipitaka, Tripitaka, Dhamma, Dharma. In that case, anyway. Three dots in Anantapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks going at the side of a path taught Dhamma to parentheses someone in parentheses going along the path. Three dots and quote, three dots, quote, three dots. Quote within quotes, I will not teach Dhamma going at the side of a path to parentheses someone in parentheses going along the path parentheses, and, and parentheses, who is not ill, and quote within quotes, is a training to be observed, end quote. Dhamma should not be taught going at the side of a path, three dots, see, and at a certain point of repetitiveness, I start to be on the side of the Polytech Society with their three dots, but don't tell them I said that. Um, if he is the first wrongdoer, that was 72. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Now at that time, the group of six monks eased themselves standing. Three dots, quote, three dots. What were they doing? Quote within quotes, I will not ease myself standing if not ill. Are the, is, is Miss Horner being polite? Were they, were they masturbating? I mean, that's a separate rule, right? What do you mean? Ease yourself. Lolling. Standing lolling. What? All right. I will not ease myself standing if not ill. And parentheses is a training to be observed. End quote. One must not ease oneself standing if not ill. Whoever out of disrespect eases himself standing... If not ill, there is an offensive wrongdoing. There's no offense if it is unintentional. If you have no freaking idea what I'm even talking about right now, if he is the first wrongdoer, I added that middle one. I assume that if I have no idea what you're talking about, that I can't be 
found guilty of the rule, although ignorance of the law is no excuse, right? Some cop told me in a subway once. All right. <clears throat> that was 73. Next, 74. Three dots. In Anatapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks eased themselves and spat on green corn. Three dots, quote three dots, and now, sidebar. I could see spitting on green corn being a big no-no, maybe even more than a wrongdoing. But ease themselves, to ease oneself, spitting on green corn. Well, anyway. Um, quote, within quotes, I will not ease myself or spit. Either of those two things. Ease yourself or spit. Um, any experts in like 1938 British? Could you please comment below and let me know what easing yourself means? So I just spoke to my wife Priyal and being Indian, she is in fact familiar with old timey British. Um, it turns out ease yourself means peeing. All right, if not ill, on green corn, specifically on green corn. What about yellow corn? And quote within quotes is a training to be observed, end quote. One should not ease oneself or spit if not ill, on green corn. Um, whoever out of disrespect eases himself or spits if not ill on green corn, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Everyone remember, Sekia Dhamma number 74. Commit this to memory, right? Um, because nobody, everybody skips these rules. So nobody except for you and me is going to know Sekia Dhamma number 74 in the Maha Vibhanga rules for monks. You shall not ease yourself or spit on green corn. Right? Got it? It's in there? It's fixed forever? Good. Now, now you, you're ready for Full, unsurpassed, bright nirvana. Okay. Anyway, there is no offense if it is unintentional. If he is not thinking, if he does not know, if he is ill, if done where there is no green corn. He can spit anywhere except for where there's green corn. Okay. He spreads green corn over it. What? If there are accidents. If he is mad. If he is the first wrongdoer. So that was number 74. Oh, goody. There's only 75 rules. I'm not smiling. You're smiling. Three dots in Anatapindika's monastery. Now, at that time, the group of six monks eased themselves and spat in the water. People, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, how can these recluses, sons of the Sakyans, ease themselves and spit in the water like householders who enjoy pleasures of the senses? 
End quote. Monks heard these people who three dots spread it about. Those who were modest monks three dots spread it about, saying, quote, How can this group of six monks three dots in the water? Thank you, Miss Horner. End quote. Quote, Is it true that you, monks, three dots in the water? End quote. Then quotes, quote, It is true, Lord. Never mind. That would be Parajika in the water, right? Three dots. You got, you know. I know you know. Um, it is true, Lord, and quote, the enlightened one. The Lord rebuked them, saying, quote, How can you, foolish men, three dots in the water? Uh, it is not foolish men for pleasing those who are not, parentheses, yet, and parentheses, please. This is the last of the Mahavibhanga. What is the last rule of the Mahavibhanga? Question on Jeopardy tonight. Thou shalt not ease thyself and spit in the water is the answer. Oh, Pat Sajak. Oh, Pat Sajak. Okay, we're getting a little silly here. Let's let's wind. Let's reel it in, Edward. Um, yes, and thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Quote within quotes. I will not ease myself or spit in the water. Either of those things. And quote within quotes is a training to be observed, end quote. Now, in Hindi, or means and. Makes it very confusing. So maybe they mean and. All right. And thus, this rule of training for monks came to be laid down by the Lord. Now, at that time, ill monks were too, in parentheses, scrupulous to ease themselves and spit in the water. They told this matter to the Lord. Then the Lord, on this occasion, having given reason to talk, addressed the monks, saying, quote, I allow monks, a monk, if he is ill, to ease himself and spit in the water. Is it like the water that like everybody drinks from or just like the water, like a river or something? Because that's an important distinction, right? I'm going to assume that it's not like a jar that all the monks are drinking from. Because if the only time you're allowed to spit in the drinking water is when you're ill, you got it backwards, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to disagree with um, ancient scriptures. but And thus, monks, this rule of training should be set forth. Quote within quotes, I will not ease myself or spit in the water if not ill. And quote within quotes is a training to be observed. And quote, if one is not ill, he should not ease himself or spit in the water. Whoever out of disrespect, if not ill, three dots, offensive wrongdoing. There's no offense if it is unintentional. If he is not thinking, if he does not know, if he is ill, if done on dry land and he pours water over it, if there are accidents, if he is mad, unhinged, in pain, if he is the first wrongdoer, the seventh division, that on shoes. Recited, venerable ones, are the rules of training. Concerning them, I ask the venerable ones, 
I hope that you are quite pure in this matter. And a second time I ask, I hope that you are quite pure in this matter. And a third time I ask, I hope that you are quite pure in this matter. The venerable ones are quite pure in this matter, therefore they are silent. Thus do I understand. Told are the rules for training. Unless, unless you're a nun. Right? Okay, well, it looks like there's the great analysis. It's only two pages. We'll, we'll just go ahead and start with the great analysis next time when we, uh, when we begin the, uh, the rules for nuns. Okay, so this was a little bit longer than I had anticipated, and I am going to go ahead and throw in the thing that I was intending to throw in at the end for the very, very, very few people who actually stayed through this whole thing until the end. I wrote it down, 2 a.m., so here it goes. Sometimes words have two meanings. Of course, we all know this. One unfortunate phenomenon, however, is when the more important meaning is forgotten and replaced, one might say, usurped by another, usually an organization. For example, the ancient Sanskrit word ashtanga means eight limbs. Ashtanga yoga means eight-limbed yoga, referring to the eight limbs as taught in the Yoga Sutras of over 2,000 years ago by Patanjali which are the yama, moral discipline, niyama, observances, asana, the physical gestures, pranayama, the breathing techniques, pratyahara, sense withdrawal, dharana, concentration, dhyana, absorption or meditation, and samadhi, enlightenment or bliss. Fast forward to 1948 in Mysore, India, a man named Patabi Joyce began teaching a style of primarily asana yoga, meaning the poses, which he called Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. Over time, it came to be known as Ashtanga Yoga, or Ashtanga for short. Now, it has come to public attention that Patabi Joyce allegedly sexually abused many women over the course of many decades. I have to say allegedly when speaking about things like this on a public platform like YouTube. You can Google Ashtanga scandal or Ashtanga controversy and find many articles about it if you would like to know more. The point I'm making and the reason I'm bringing it up is that the overall result is that Ashtanga Yoga now calls to mind the sexual abuses of one man rather than the true meaning of the phrase, which is eight-limbed yoga. I think it's important to be aware of scandals like this and abuses of power and sexual misconduct. At the same time, I think it's important to remember the meaning of words. 
The phrase Ashtanga Yoga itself refers to the ancient and sacred discipline of yoga and should not be confused with Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. To be fair, I'll give another example from a different sort of spirituality. Nearly 2,000 years ago, an organization was formed of devotees of the teachings of the man primarily known in English as Jesus Christ. They used the Greek word which meant universal, meaning among other things that the teachings were for everyone not limited to a specific group or geographic location, that Greek word for universal being Catholic. More recently, about a thousand years ago, that organization split with one half coming to be known as Orthodox and the other as Roman Catholic. Those who are called Orthodox still use the word Catholic in their creed with the same intended meaning as those who put it there nearly 1,000 years before the split. More recently, I'm sure you've heard, the Roman Catholic Church has done quite a few things of, let's say, questionable virtue. For example, the Crusades. Wars fought against others who believe in the same God, including Muslims, but also including Orthodox Christians, as well as centuries of murdering Jewish people simply for being Jewish, and more recently many priests who were accused of sexually abusing children were then relocated by those in power in the Vatican rather than brought to justice. I bring this up because the Roman Catholic Church has come to be called Catholic for short. As a result, you cannot say the word Catholic without people assuming you're referring to that organization, just as you cannot say Ashtanga without people assuming you're talking about the teachings of Patabi Joyce. Similarly, there is an important distinction to be aware of between Shambhala and the organization called Shambhala International. In the Kalchakra Tantra of Tibetan Vajrayana Buddhism, the word Shambhala refers to a kind of spiritual kingdom, which will be the birthplace of Kalki, the next incarnation of Vishnu, who will usher in a new age and the ruling kingdom of Maitreya, the Buddha yet to come. Shambhala International, on the other hand, is the present-day name of an organization which was founded in America by a controversial Tibetan Lama in 1970. It was officially named Shambhala International in 1990. Then in 2018, it came out that the then leader of the organization, as well as many other teachers in that organization, had sexually assaulted numerous female students. Again, allegedly. You can find more information about that by Googling the phrase Shambhala controversy or Shambhala scandal. In India, Tibet, or Bhutan today, the word Shambhala will likely not immediately make one think of that organization. But in many Western countries, that organization was the first and only thing people associate with the word. 
I'm bringing it up today because in an earlier episode I misspoke. For some reason, I remembered the name of the organization being Shimbalaya and not Shambhala. But when I double-checked, I realized I was wrong. And the word for the organization is the same as the word for the spiritual kingdom. There's also no affiliation between Shambhala Publications and Shambhala International. Though I think 50 years ago there was, but I'm not sure. Comment below. Um, so enough about these disheartening Kali Yuga things. The sacred becoming profane and all. And uh, thank you for going on this ride with me. And I look forward to next time when we get to begin reading the Parajika section of the Rules for Nuns, the Bhikkhunivibhanka. I will go ahead and close with the usual prayer for these episodes. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.